0: what is good divine dolls divine dudes my divine bookworms y'all this is the last chapter of how rich people think by y'all already know one of my favorite authors steve siebold subtitle turn your ambition into action um kudos to those of you who have stuck with me Throughout this process, it took us a little bit more than 30 weeks and, you know, sometimes I was able to just (laughs) muscle up and come in and sometimes I just was down for the count, but super excited. And as I'm getting ready to read this last chapter here, I hope the best way I can explain this is let's say you started off with me, you know, with the majority of your pebbles about the way that you view you know, riches and wealth and commerce and enterprise, right? With a lot of your pebbles in the middle class stack and with each reading of the chapters, they're, they're pebbles because they're so small. But when you move the collective of them over, it you start to see the results, right? Um, moved it over to how rich people think, to how world class people think. And I hope that, you know, even for me, I would say, I started to realize that I was really starting to think differently over a period of time, the culminative efforts and and, um, changes, you know, the the cumulative results of little by little. (laughs) You can even hear it in the way that I talk about things, right? Some things I kind of knew, and then others was a complete 180 for me. So let's get right into it. The title here is Middle Class Believes Getting Rich is Outside Their Control. World Class Knows Getting Rich is an Inside Job. I love this because that's talking about, you know, your locus of control. Perfect way to end the book, you know, when you talk about um, poverty gospel versus prosperity gospel. It says the masses do not understand The nature of building wealth, which is why generation after generation approaches it the same way and almost always fails. And in my words, always get the same results. Right. It says school teach schools teach the basic of balancing a checkbook, adhering to a budget and basic math. This trains children and young adults to think about money in linear, logical terms, which can seal their fate. Financially before they excuse me, before they earn their high school diploma. Unless they are exposed to the truth about building wealth through a book like this, a speaker who challenges them at a personal development seminar or a rich mentor, the game is over before it begins. The fact is that getting rich begins with the way you think. Mm. And what you believe about making money. If your parents were broke or in the middle class, you might end up the same if you were to adapt adapt their beliefs and philosophies about money. Critical thinking says the only reason people settle for a mediocre middle class existence is because they are unaware of how To move beyond it. Oh, y'all. And so he's about to drop the mic. The secret has always been the same. Thinking. Right? Everything we've just learned. This whole book, How Rich People Think. The secret has always been the same. Thinking. The only way to learn how to think like a rich person is to study them, right? Last week we talked about copying the right cat, or copying the right crab, or copying the right goat, or copying the right successful person, right? It says every action we take stems from the way we think and what we believe. While the masses believe becoming wealthy is out of their control... The world class knows, okay, that earning money and amassing wealth is a cause and effect relationship. Now, that is deep. Cause and effect. Um, that one's going to stay with me for a while. Right? You copy the right cat, you copy what they do, and you will get the same effect. Right? The cause of our behavior is our belief system. <laughs> the effect of our behavior is the result we get. Change the cause, and by default, you automatically change the behavior and bottom line result. Knowing this, the world class thinker is always, okay, always upgrading. And I love it here he says, her beliefs. Because sometimes he'll use his. (laughs) But y'all, I love this. It says, the world-class thinker is always upgrading her beliefs. And I'll say his or her beliefs and philosophies on money by studying those who are wealthier. So um, right before I go into the rich resource, the critical thinking action step, two things, right? No need to prolong this. Two things. This is an invitation for you. And a reminder to myself that now that we've learned these 30 weeks of lessons, we're always upgrading our beliefs. At the time that I'm up, uh, that I'm recording this um, podcast, we are currently in a Jupiter retrograde. Okay, and. In that time, you know, Jupiter has to do with everything relating to finance and enterprises and business and commerce and your beliefs and values about how you make your money and how much worth you attach to how much you make. And what are your beliefs? And this is a, a chance for us to go back and visit our, our limiting beliefs and abandon those that no longer service. And as we were reminded last time, too, to replace it with empowering beliefs, right? So um, whether this is your first time here or you've been with me for the majority or all 30, let's continue to always upgrade our beliefs, right? And study those who are wealthier than us. And I actually have a perfect example of someone that we can study. I think I've posted just a little synopsis of her before, but maybe that's something that we can even look at too, you know, in the future in terms of divine feminine archetypes, I think, in 2020, modern day, that um, that have it right, right? Doing the things that they love, that are able to leverage their knowledge, right? And then, um, yeah, so those were the two things. Always upgrade your beliefs and study those who are wealthier than you. I think that sometimes, a lot of the times, I have to check myself because I have to... It's funny, I I remember thinking when I would be around certain people and we'd be like, oh, they're so conceited or who do they think they are? But it'd be like, do you know who I am? And sometimes, like, even within the last week, I promise y'all, I found myself kind of saying, I'm having a conversation with someone and I can tell that they're not knowledgeable in what it is that they're talking about. And I will say something corrective, really, to help them. And they will just be really blinded in what they're saying or not picking up what I'm putting down. And I just have to stop myself and say I'm not going to fight with someone who is not at the comprehension level, is not willing to learn, is not open to new ideas, and in many cases only has a fourth grade literacy comprehension level. Right? Not the smartest, not the brightest. And it comes down to even who we're talking to in the chats, who we're talking to in real life. I have people approach me all the time. You know, and there's some where I'll, I'll just have to excuse myself. But if I have something to learn from them, you know, somebody that has even more like I've, I've mentioned this before, too. Like a couple of weeks ago, I met someone who trades gold. Do you think I was babbling and talking and going on? No, I listened very intently <laughs> and asked a lot of questions. Right. So it says here, um. He likes to always give us a book that we can read. So I do need to go back and, and see which book we can pick up next for us to, um, to read as a collective. But the book that he has or recommends here is Please Send Money, A Financial Survival Guide for Young Adults on Their Own. And that's by Dara Duguay. Please send money, a financial survival guide for young adults on their own. Woo. It says critical thinking question. Do you think like the rich? Y'all. And this is so funny because on the last um, podcast, it was maybe like 45 seconds. I read one of the quotes that is right before this chapter. And I did put that. I was like, do you think like them? And it's so funny. Here it is. The last question for the book. Do you think like the rich? And it's something that I actually start to take pride in. You know, I start to think about, well, wait a minute. If we understand that the masses, which are poor, think a certain way. And someone who's rich thinks a certain way. And I find myself identifying with the majority. If if I find myself siding with what the majority thinks. And usually that majority, you know, are not wealthier than me. Oh my goodness, I have to sit down with myself and unpack that. Sometimes, you know, it can be just as easy as saying like, oh, okay, well, if this is how the wealthy person thinks, let me just adapt it. Sometimes I don't have to spend weeks and months unpacking this limiting belief, right? I think sometimes even part of the limiting belief is that we have to spend a long time and Unpack things and understand the psychology sometimes it 's just as simple as saying, Oh okay let me let me you know shift my thinking over to how the rich people think and and then, from there start to um, analyze well, why do they think this way? what is it that 's different and that has been eye opening for me, and I do take pride in that I do start to think like rich people I mean it 's even things like when you start to look at the difference between here, here's one that 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 is probably going to, to strike to your core. <laughs> it might aggravate you a little bit, but you have to ask yourself why with this whole pandemic and everything that's going on, who do you side with? Do you side with the um landlords you know who are um, looking to evict tenants um, or do you side mostly with the with the renters? Okay, uh, as with everything else that I talk about, in my podcast, I understand there's outliers. I understand there are terrible bosses. I um, what's the word? I understand, uh, not bosses. There are terrible landlords, and there are even slumlords. But if you were to look outside of the outliers and look at you know what it means for a mom and pop to have several properties, what would it have looked like for you to have? You know, invested in four properties, you know, whether they're duplexes or homes and to have tenants who weren't paying and or destroyed your property. You know, would you be able to sustain your mortgage and the mortgage for four other properties um, for six months, 12 months, 24 months, 36 months? You know, would you be able to see that now some of them are trying to recuperate their costs in order to, you know, when that person moves out, now you've got to repaint, you've got to refurbish on top of the things that they, you know, that they did to your property. Now you understand why some people, you know, are even going to be even stricter with who they allow and why some some places do not want to take Section 8 vouchers anymore it's just something to think about. And again, I I do take pride in that. I think more like a rich person, more like a landlord in part, you know, in part, because I saw my parents go through it. I saw what it was like for them to have to take on their mortgage, plus the mortgage for the other, because they just didn't want to pay. And when they left the place, they left it, you know, in deplorable conditions. And Having to work with the county to figure out what the rules were, and even they even had to pay them to move out, right, and it was to the point where they couldn't even mow the lawn for the place that they lived at but that's that's that's, that's an example like who do you identify with more, and who's who's for the most part rich right? I know, maybe not the funnest topic, but something to think about. Another one, another good one is, what do you think about these food deserts? You know? um, Do you side with businesses that pull their business out of certain communities because they're, they're experiencing high theft and crime and even their workers are being murdered and harmed? Or do you feel as if You know, you side with the masses who say, well, they should be there and they should offer this service and, you know, kind of take for granted everything that goes into them providing the goods and services that they do. How much their business insurance is and how it goes up every time somebody is hurt or harmed. Right. Just something to think about. The next one is action step. It says, based on what you've learned in this book. Make a list of five beliefs rich people have about money and begin telling yourself you believe these things too. Listen, I take all of them. I take all 30 of them. So if there's 30, but he's asking you to just write down five. Um, so it has been absolutely my pleasure to go through this book with you. I remember ordering it. I got it off of Amazon. On the back here it says sixteen ninety nine. It might have been a little bit cheaper on Amazon, if I'm not mistaken, but definitely worth it. Um, you know, I I probably will wait until next year again to, to read it again because I want to see if there's anything else I have will have learned that makes me understand it even more. Um, but give me about a week or two. I'm going to try to find another book that's easy for us to digest and really is going to help us um, with are, you know, as we're going through this Jupiter retrograde for the next six months. So it's most likely going to have to do with with um, money and wealth and mindset and beliefs. So I have a little bit of homework to do. I um, want to invite you to come back and check out. I'll be doing some wealth oracles also to just keep us motivated and to examine our beliefs surrounding money and to stay positive and Um, focus on that can-do mentality. Remember, one of the last things he said in this chapter was, the secret is how we think. So until the next podcast and until the next book, until we ascend to the next level, I'm wishing you a powerful, upbeat, (laughs) and productive day, week, month, and year, and life. And life, all right? So until the next podcast, bye.